Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by Evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Welcome to Evolve Penault Podcast Channel. I'm John North and my special guest today is Jill Brennan, who's a marketing consultant and founder of Harbron Marketing. Jill has worked in with and for small business for over 20 years. She has generated thousands of leads and sales for the business in very competitive niches. This practical experience is underpinned by a Bachelor of Arts and postgraduate qualifications in international marketing. At Harborin, they work with ambitious small businesses that want to grow in a way that provides them with more flexibility, less stress, and creates an asset that they can capitalise on. Welcome, Jill. Thanks for coming along. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. That's great. So, um, international marketing, I didn't know there was actually a... <laughs> How do you learn international marketing? It seems very well, challenging. <laughs> this was quite a while ago, so it's interesting because, you know, the things that we did um, in international marketing was how to enter a new market, and obviously that was before the internet, uh, when you okay. could just put up a website and reach as many markets as, you know, as you wanted to, to have access to. But, yeah, it was, it was a lot of that, and, you know, when, you know, if you're shipping things, when control changes... Yeah, from one person to another, um, with joint ventures, yeah, it was it was yeah very different. But you know the fundamentals of marketing were all in there. It just had that international component. But yeah, and I'm it, not sure if it, it's still an option to study that now. <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty challenging. I mean, at the end of the day, I think one one important thing you said there is the fundamentals of marketing, and I think that was people forget yes. um, with marketing is that regardless of whether you're face to face or whether you're actually um, you know doing you know web marketing whatever you're doing at the other end they're people that's right yeah exactly and i think people and people with marketing kind of forget that they think they're robots or something i don't know sometimes <laughs> see some stuff and think michael what were you thinking that's right <laughs> yeah exactly. so tell me a little bit about what you do in your business and what sort of clients that you um that you help sure so typically it's more established businesses with sort of a turnover of two million plus mm -hmm. and they've probably you know got to a stage where they're doing okay but if they want to really grow then they need to turn marketing into more of an asset so have more systems processes um, not just make it that it's the responsibility of the business owner they perhaps have employed someone who you know might be marketing junior or is focused on one particular area so we come in in, um, help them work out the strategy for their marketing, uh, mentor them to to make it happen and, and train them so that they know what they're doing. Um, so it's really like, you know, we're, we're helping to guide their growth so that, um, yeah, marketing is, is a bit more dependable, which is what you need if you want to grow into a bigger company. Yeah, it's about predictability, isn't it? It's about running some ads and knowing that you're going to get responses for it. That's um, right. Rather than just kind of keep testing things. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, I think there, you know, there is a place for a lot of testing because marketing is an iterative process. You, you mm. do something, you, you see what happens, and then you try something else. Uh, but I think often what will happen is businesses can become a little bit insular in that they'll do what they know and perhaps not expand beyond that to try different tactics because the expertise is in one particular area. Uh, so that's part of it as well as sort of expanding their, their um, options about what's possible. 
So what's the biggest, I guess, biggest mistake that you find when you go to see people that are that may be struggling with the marketing? What do you think they're, what, what's the first thing you, you talk about when you talk to them? What, what do you think their, I guess, challenge, biggest challenges in terms of, like a lot of them don't um, kind of follow a certain process when they do marketing. It's kind mm. of random. Exactly, yeah. So that, that is one of the, a, a big one for sure, is that they're often giving out quite mixed messages. They'll be doing one thing, uh, on social media, if they're doing social media, they'll be sending out, you know, irregular email marketing updates. They often won't have a lot of story on their website, so they're not mm-hmm. really telling people if if they're sort of mainly selling online. They're not really telling people who they are and helping them to, you know, feel comfortable with them. So yeah, that's often uh, one of the things. And and then you know, if if you did call them, you might get a different response as well. So often there's a lot of very mixed messages. But one of the um, the other mistakes that I see quite a lot um, is that, that often they're just talking about themselves. They're not really putting themselves in the mind of their customers. And you know, customers mm. don't really buy products or services. They buy outcomes. They're, they're buying yes. something because they want a particular result. Um, so if you if you're talking about you know, even on the About Us page, mm. even though you're talking about yourself, it actually should be framed in terms of your customers. So you know, what are your experiences that help you relate to your customers or what are your experiences that help you understand where your customers are coming from? I think that's, you know, a, it's a, an opportunity that a lot of businesses just don't. Either they don't think of it or they don't take advantage of it. And your one way to do a really quick check on your own website is just to do a control F and look for how many times you say we, yeah. our, and your company name, uh, yep. as opposed to you or customers or your or you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, people don't buy logos. You know, they buy, no. buy as you say, they buy a story. That's um, right. In most in most cases, the um, you know most people don't really have a good story, even though they have a good story if you ask them. Yes, that's right. That, so, that, you know, that is a problem as well is that they're not really communicating all the expertise that they have and, and all that they have to offer. But as you say, if you have a chat to them, you know, they'll tell you. Uh, it's mm. just translating that into something that other people can easily digest. And and often the case, you know, is that people are fine talking but not so so good on the writing side of things or, or knowing how to frame it. And, you know, sometimes it can come out if they're interviewed by a journalist, you'll often get that that's when the story is uncovered, which is a bit of a shame that they can't, uh, you know, hire someone to interview them beforehand to, to get that story out. Yeah, and I think that's the important part is that a lot of people, I think, are following the, what they think is the principles of marketing by, by following up what other people do. Yes, that's right. And, and often they're not very successful anyway. Well, that's <laughs> They just right. think they are because it looks good, right? That's right. The other thing is that I think often small businesses will adopt a sort of corporate speak when it comes to the website mm. about us page or, or other pages to sort of make themselves sound bigger. Yes. Um, which is understandable, but actually people buy from people. So, yeah. you know, the yeah, more exactly. human you can make your site and the more engaging, um, I think, the better. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I think um, it, it comes back to the same principle of that if you're dealing with a human being and you're going that two-way conversation, mm-hmm. if you were to try and take, you know, I always say to people, take your website and read your website out to somebody at a networking function and see how long you get, how far you get. <laughs> That's right. right. Before they start thinking you're weird. Well, there's that, <laughs> and yeah. Give you distance, right? <laughs> That's right. But, but you, you know, people 
decide very quickly when they land on your site, if they've never heard of you before, they'll decide very quickly whether they stay and read a bit more or whether they go. So, you know, having things like welcome to my website <laughs> as the first thing people see on your website, that's just not engaging. It's, it's not like you're walking into a store and, and the first thing you would say when someone works, walks in is hello. Mm. On a website, you don't have time for that. It's not, you don't have to worry about those sort of niceties that you would if it was face-to-face. So there's, there's a different dynamic, uh, but, but you still need to find ways to make it personal. Because I think at the end of the day, from what I've what I've read and research is that you know the the average attention span of someone's now around seven to nine seconds. Mm. So in that space, you're looking for the next text or the next email or or um, whatever. So the reality is you've probably only got a very short time for them to land on that page and and, and start talking you know talking about what you do mm. before they get distracted by something. That's right. I mean, I guess it depends uh, how they've ended up on your website. If they've done a search through the search engines uh, for, you know, a particular product, you know, they're looking for coffee beans and they arrive on your coffee bean website, they're probably going to to give you a little bit longer than if they Mm. just um, happen to see a a Facebook post about coffee beans and they clicked on the link and, oh, that's what it is, yeah, I'm not interested, and off they go. So it it sort of depends a little bit where they come from, but still you need to have it up front exactly what you're about. Don't make people work too hard <laughs> to find out what it is that you're offering. See, the confused mind never buys, right? <laughs> well, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, in terms of what you do for your clients, what's the you know like what's the biggest takeaway, the quickest thing someone can implement straight away, like to get some results? Besides, obviously, maybe looking at their their website in a different lens. Mm. Um, what do you think is the the main thing that someone should start with initially? I mean, what's the first thing you normally say to a client? Well, normally I would ask three questions. So that's what problem do you solve for your customer? Who's your target market? What problem do you solve for them? And then what do they value? <clears throat> because that tells you, um, you know, who who's going to buy from you, so where they would hang out. It tells you exactly what sort of language to be using in terms of talking about solutions rather than just a product or service and then Mm -hmm. it tells you how they might like to get that information so if for example you're an accountant and you specialize in tax planning so you you know you you help customers or your clients save more money because if they've got better tax planning they'll save more money those customers let's say you you're targeting small business so maybe you Um, going to Chamber of Commerce events and they're probably pretty busy so they might like things like checklists or simple videos on how to get organized or spreadsheets that they can very easily follow or tick lists or that sort of thing so it gives you a little bit of a frame of reference for how you might better engage with your customers if you can answer those three questions Mm, sounds interesting so um, I've noticed on your website you've got um, I think you've got a thing called a kickstart kit yes what's that all about so that goes through the seven common mistakes that small businesses make with their marketing so it's things like you know with things we've discussed already like mixed messages about you know stopping and starting so trying a bit of Twitter a bit of this a bit of that and then not really pursuing anything um, not often not having reporting in place um, trying to you know just follow what others are doing and getting distracted from your own sort of path of what you should be doing and then the second part of it's all about getting marketing help so how to how to select the sort of help that's right for your business so it could be um, 
you know, it could be an agency, it could be a freelancer, uh, it could also be hiring someone full-time or maybe a mix of both. And then there's a couple of charts which go through the different things, the different aspects that you need to consider uh, when you're thinking about your marketing. So what sort of budget you've got available, how involved the business owner would like to be with marketing, what your goal is, um, as well as things like you know speed of service, the level of expertise, how much control you want, that sort of thing. So it just goes through all those different options and uh, provides a way to sort of think about it rather than just, well, someone called me last week and... I'll give him a go. You know, give him a run. <laughs> so it's, um, I'm on a bit of a mission to help business owners make better decisions around their marketing. And so that's what, you know, that Kickstart Kit is about. It's right. really trying to give people, business owners, uh, you know, a better idea, just a little bit more objective approach. Because it's funny, I, um, I know maybe you've seen this as well. They, they find the youngest member of staff... <laughs> Who must? Of course, they're young. They must know about social media, so they suddenly become the social. They become the marketing person in the business because they're the youngest, and they probably understand how to use Facebook. Mm, that's um, right. I, mean, I absolutely see that. Yes, but just yeah. because you, you know they, they have an awareness of social media, obviously they've grown up with it. Most of them doesn't mean that they have a strategic focus in working out what's good for the business. Mm. Um, or and then also looking beyond social media. Social media is great, you know, and the effectiveness for generating leads varies depending on what sort of business you're in. I remember chatting with a woman who lives on the Gold Coast, and she runs a beauty parlor, or beauty not parlor, a beauty salon, and um, mm-hmm. she got like 95% of her business through Instagram. So it was wildly effective for her particular type of business. For sure, um, yeah. But, you know, she then, and she didn't even have a website at that point. She's then set up a website to, to get, you know, people coming that way as well because, of course, she realised that having all your leads coming through a third-party website wasn't a great sustainable approach. Um, you know, if Instagram changed the rules or whatever you know that mm. it's really outside your control so she wanted to mix uh, shift it a bit but still she gets as i understand it a lot of business through instagram so that's good for her business not necessarily great for other businesses but you know there's mm. there's so many other strategies available online advertising email marketing content marketing speaking partnerships you know, even trade shows, it, it doesn't have to all be online as well. So I, I think that that's one of the, the problems is that often someone who's very good at social media will, will say that, well, the answer is social media, and it may or may not be depending on your business. Yeah, and I think it, um, a lot of times that I look at clients too is that reality is is that if you're getting, if you say all your business comes from one source, mm. then that's probably the riskiest thing you can have in your business because at the end of the day, you know, if that, as you say, if it fails um, for some reason, you get banned on Instagram because somebody put a photo up of, that you didn't like. Um, then your entire business stops tomorrow. And and I don't know about you, but we try to talk to clients about building pillars of marketing where they might have, you know, six, seven different ways to get business. Mm-hmm. Um, some are working well, some are sort of growing. But at least don't just think like I've cracked Facebook now. I'll stop. That's um, right. And that's fine. You know, I'll just get all my business on Facebook and, and then suddenly tomorrow, I mean, I've seen, you know, one of my clients have their group shut down overnight and she didn't even know why and 60,000 members in that group and that was just gone and it was never recoverable and they wouldn't talk to her. Yeah, well, that, and that's the problem. You know, they're, they're not 
great on the customer service. So, or, or if you, you know, for example, your Google AdWords account is mm. shut down, trying to get an answer out of Google as to why that happened is really difficult. And so, yes, you do sort of have to start again, which is really mm. frustrating. Perhaps not mm. as difficult if it's AdWords, but if you have built up a community like uh, the example you gave on Facebook, mm. then it's really difficult. Um, yeah, and, I, and as you said, they're very hard to communicate with. I mean, I I think Twitter is probably the worst one I've had just recently. We, we've been trying to get access to some Twitter accounts that got hacked by a client, and, and you know, there's no way to contact Twitter. And and they just go, you just go in an endless loop of, of contacting them and, and them saying, go back and do this, and going, I think the latest suggestion was go and log in via the mobile app, and going, well, what's that got to do with anything? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so you're just giving me standard responses to keep me busy to eventually... Um, you know, the only way that we could get these accounts to shut down was actually report them um, uh. and get them shut down that way because there's no other way that we could find <laughs> to communicate with them. So mm. I think that's a, the key to it is, is to make sure that your um, systems are set up in such a way that you're going to be able to, you know, bring other sorts of business in, I think. That's, and, that's right. Yeah. And, and even if you, you do have a lot of business coming from social media, you're wanting to get them off social media into your own you know onto your website into your system as well so not just leaving them and, and sort of keeping it all in facebook or instagram or what, whatever it is so that you you do have a little bit of control then um i, I guess as also you know most people are, are doing social media because they actually want to to generate sales or leads so mm. you'd be wanting to get them to your website anyway but i think you know that should be a um, a big focus yeah, and I think I, I see that a lot where people, um, you know, they're, they're relying on the social media to sort of essentially you're outsourcing customer service to social media. Mm. Um, and I think that's risky because the thing is that ultimately, it's to me, it's social media is like the old yellow pages, you know. People, you know, look you up, find out who you are and then go to, your, go to you. you. At that point, you want to click their information. You want to be able to, to follow them up your own way. That's um, right. And I think social media is so unreliable in terms of the amount of messaging that comes out now. Um, that you'd be pretty hard to kind of keep track of it all and then you suddenly got an annoyed customer because they, they've they decided that they're going to put comments on, on a you know post somewhere that you're supposed to have read. <laughs> That's right. The other thing I see too with social media is people don't always make their website very obvious you know the mm. link to their website and yep. you think well that's that <laughs> that should be front and center or oh, it's broken <laughs> well yes that's, yeah there's that um, but it's that you know thinking that that the social media is it and i think it's actually you know some products you could sell through directly through social media but often people want to see well what's actually behind that what well, and and to go from excuse me to go from social media to a sale that's that's not an easy task um so you need to be using that as your sort of warm-up area and then getting them to your site or to some other information to find out more yeah exactly otherwise um you're really trying to convert cold traffic from with Mm. no real reason to be there i think the other thing i see with you know I, i think everybody should go and check their facebook out particularly the pages and make sure number one they actually links do work and they've actually got links up there but maybe also don't have 20 links mm. um, of the different websites so they've got to actually then start thinking about which website I'm going to go to because mm. I see that a lot too where and particularly the online entrepreneur where they've got different business ventures running um, yeah. they'll whack up every single link they've got um, and then you you go to their Facebook page and you think well okay where do I start here what do I do mm. now <laughs> you know like 
Yeah. That's right. I was at a networking function last week and someone, when they introduced themselves, did a similar thing. They, they're involved in four or five different businesses and so they sort of rattled them all off, which, I mean, on the one hand is great. It shows, you know, you've, you've got a diverse range of interests. But if I was to then try and tell you now, you know, a few days mm. later, what that um, lady does, well, I, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's not great to have, you know, multiple websites because people, it's very difficult for people to remember, you know, one, one bit of information. But if you give them five, and okay, if you're on social media, you can click the link. But if I was mm. trying to tell you, oh, I saw this website the other day and or this Facebook page and it, it had a link and it was all these different websites and it's, it's, it doesn't make it very shareable. Mm. From a yeah, from a, you know, a literal word of mouth rather than just a Facebook word of mouth. Yeah, exactly. So you need to yeah. be thinking about that as well. I think how how easy is it for people to talk about you in a really in a positive way? And I think it's also about um, specialising something that people can relate to. And I mean, I think that's the biggest problem is that most um, business owners or whatever they'll they'll start multiple businesses. And I've been there as well. Um, it's like the pretty shiny syndrome where you actually go out there and grab different business, start different things, and then get sick of it and move on to something else. And I think that's the danger is that you've really got to stand for something. Um, and and I think the more targeted you are, as you say, like you're getting your story right and get your message right, but basically also make sure that you're you know, you stand for one thing and it's very clear what you do mm-hmm. um, and hit them over the head with it because, as I said, like they're in a lot of time, they're not going to waste a lot of time on if they don't understand what you're about um, and get confusing. So, I understand you write a book, which is which is what we do a lot of publishing as well. So, we've got a, for us, the books were the fastest way to, to get to marketing um, mm-hmm. because it allows you to, you know, very much, very clearly identify what you are and what you do. That's um, right. It's a good learning curve for most people. If I reckon if nothing else, you write a book, you figure out what your business is about. <laughs> exactly. I was amazed when I sat down to write it how much I actually had to say. I um, mm. It just, just kept coming out. So <laughs> I guess that was a good thing. But, yeah, I wrote a book um, and it was published last year. Uh, it's called Get Smarter Marketing, The Small Business Owner's Guide to Building a Savvy Business. And it's part of the that quest I was talking about before, uh, it's really for small business owners and it's it's a practical guide. There's not a lot of jargon in there at all. Uh, it's very yeah, useful. Um, and it's really about helping small business owners make better decisions around their marketing. It, the first part is all about how to put together a marketing plan, what the key elements are, and then the second half is all about how to make your marketing scalable and repeatable as, as well as how to get help. Okay, so that's all available off your website from what I see, yeah. It is, yeah, and it's actually yeah. going to be published in the US later this year, which is right. exciting. Okay, so at the moment it looks like it's only available in print form? It, uh, it's available on Amazon as well. Okay, great. And it will be available in bookstores in the US oh, after cool. October. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I don't think going to make much money out of it by the time everybody else has their go, right? Well, that's, that, there's that. It's not really about uh, money making. No, that's the most, I think the biggest, biggest mistake people think is that they write a book and they're going to be like Harry Potter, right? They're going to make all this money out of royalties. I don't even know if she makes that money much out of royalties anyway, but yes. um, at I the think end of the day. important for especially people in a service-oriented business to have something like a book because 
the only way uh, people can experience often what I do is by working with me. But mm. now they could read the book and see whether you know I'm aligned with the way that they think and whether we might be a good match. So you know it's a it's a great way for people to sort of experience you without having to to spend a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also, um, to me, writing a book also means shows that you're an authority on a subject. I mean, most people couldn't write a lot of information if they don't know what they're talking about. Mm, sure. And um, I think that's a, the thing about it. It shows that you're an authority on, on what you're talking about because you wouldn't go through the time and effort to write a book if you didn't know what you were talking about because sooner or later someone's going to come along and ask you a question, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you can't answer, it's going to look pretty dumb. So, um, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. Um I'm just trying to think what else I can ask you. Is there um, where do you see marketing going? Like in terms of like today, like I spoke to I interviewed someone just recently about LinkedIn and asked the question, where do you think LinkedIn is on, on the business cycle? You know, like businesses start with adolescence, maturity, and that sort of stuff. And he said that he felt that LinkedIn was sort of middle aged, and it's quite strange when you think about it because. You know, Facebook, LinkedIn, they're only been around about 10 years, but they've probably matured faster than any other platform or any other sort of, you know, technology that's come out. Um, where do you think it's moving to in terms of what you see? Like, and what do you think will be in, you know, five years' time or even a year's time? I think it's difficult. Uh, you know, things are changing so quickly that it's it's a little difficult to say, although I've read quite a bit about AI and how that's going to change things and you know it's going to change lots of jobs not just in terms of marketing but I think there's a lot of um, you know, there's so much more access now to big data and and data that we could use to market better uh, but if we were manually crunching all that sort of information then it, we can all get lost in analysis paralysis sort of thing <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm sure that that's that's going to become something in the future that we can all sort of access, which will make it very interesting because it'll really raise the playing field mm. of, of how we we all market. I was listening to someone just yesterday talking about how he actually likes the fact that you know ads that he's interested in will present to him mm. online, and and I think most people actually do. They don't want to just see. A random ad, um, you know, like if I'm online, I don't necessarily, I'm not interested in seeing ads that are targeted at um, new mothers because I'm not in that space anymore. Exactly. So, mm. you know, I think that it is going to become a lot more sophisticated. But, but to do that, it, it requires sort of understanding more about you know individual preferences and 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 what it what it means, you know, when you visit a particular website. That, that that doesn't necessarily mean you're interested in that baby market for example maybe I'm buying a gift for someone and I don't want to then see all the ads every time I go around so I think we're going to get a lot more sophisticated um, in how yeah about how, what you see and what you do yes mm. but I don't know exactly what that looks like I, I have signed up for a couple of um, sort of demonstration services where you know they talk about website building in terms of AI so it will be able to analyze you know where your eyes go on a page and present you with you know headlines so copy and images that are going to to be more appealing i don't know exactly how that plays out and the, and the demos i've seen haven't been that convincing 
that mm. they've really got it nailed yet, but but I could see I guess you know, perhaps yeah. that's where we, we might end up. Because the other thing I've noticed in is, is really it seems like automation is the is the big thing, um, mm. particularly with like Facebook Messenger, which is little known kind of thing. But in more recent times, Facebook has really um, souped up that messaging feature, where you can actually run messaging ads, um, but not also you can actually have an AI answer messages. So for example. If you, it's almost like being an automated assistant. So they, they kind of, in, in some cases, I probably think it's better that you know it is. But basically, you go in and you might ask a question about something, and then it'll present back the results. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're talking to someone, but all they're really doing is the automated machine is saying, okay, you've talked about you're interested in, you know, baby formula or something like that. This is the link to the baby formula section on our website. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of small businesses that, you know, online business particularly can really beat the big guys is through automation yeah. um, because, you know, they, they've got to be able to leverage the fact that, you know, they don't have as much staff. I was actually reading today that Amazon's now got 300,000 staff um, and they've grown from 50,000 or something crazy like only two years ago. Yeah. Um, you can imagine what, um, you know, the monolith that generates in terms of size for someone as small trying to sell online against someone like Amazon. Mm, that's right. But I, I guess... Um just maybe two points there one is i think there is a huge appetite for more customized help and if that comes in the form of a robot or not i don't know that people are that fussed as long as they sort of get the result that they want i'd rather do that and sit online for 15 20 well, minutes wait and speak i've been there the last couple of days trying to ring people up and it's just a nightmare exactly that's right i mean i keep trying siri and yeah. Uh, you know, just on my phone and I'll ask a question because I can't be bothered typing it in. And, you know, it's probably 50% of the time she gets what I'm asking and, mm. you know, often she doesn't. But if, if she was more, you know, if it was more accurate, then I would probably use it m- far more. So I, I definitely think there's a, there is um, a need for that. The other thing, uh, in just in terms of competing with players like Amazon, is what Amazon doesn't do is that you know sometimes you just want to have a chat with someone yes you want to know their opinion about the product you're about to buy Mm. exactly we're getting a um, modifying our pool and we had someone come today and he was talking about well you know if we if we go to build a a new wall to to change the shape of the pool and we'll make sure that we put in the, the pipe work for solar you know, you don't necessarily want solar right now, but we're going to put in the pipework because it's an extra couple of hundred dollars. And whereas if you try and do it after, it's thousands mm. of dollars. So that's the sort of um, uh, experienced knowledge that that you want. And I think that's what small businesses can bring out in their website and in their expertise in how they explain themselves. That that you're not necessarily going to get from an Amazon. And I think that's a very true thing because I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of people. And, and books are an interesting thing and it comes into this too is when you create content for people and you're telling them your secrets if you like um, people worry that they're telling them everything and that they're, they're going to go and use it again you know use it and not buy from them the reality is the reverse once somebody realizes you know what you're talking about they want you because they they basically they feel comfortable that you're going to be able to solve their problem rather than the other way around where you've actually told them stuff they're going to go and use it somewhere else really if they're going to go and do that then you probably don't want them as a customer anyway but um, right. at the end of the day I think that information providing that information and being valuable and and telling people stuff they're more likely to do business with you than not that's right and I think the other thing is that most people think that their situation is unique so even if you give them general information about you know 
common problems you see, you know, when building a pool or, mm. you know, that sort of thing. It, they'll be going, yes, well, yeah, okay, that's great. Now I, I'm better educated about what to look for, but my situation's slightly different. So I need your input because you know what you're talking about to come and help me with my situation. It's actually quite funny because I was reading a Facebook post this morning. There's a local um, group for dads or something. It's quite a lot of them. Yeah, it's very interesting when you niche something together. So they've got 3,000 dads in this, this Sydney area, right? And, and they often you see this post go up. And today's post was a picture of his pool, and it was green. <laughs> and he's going, I've been at the shop, I've bought all these chemicals, done everything the shop told me to do, but I still can't beat this greens thing. And can you can you tell me someone that can help me with this? So he's got to a point where obviously he prepared to pay, <laughs> you know, someone to come and actually do it properly. And God knows how much money spent on pool chemicals, but the reality is these probably try, pool companies probably said, look, we'll come out. Mm. And they want, and they know I don't want to pay for that. So they, he's he's got to a point where he's realised that advice would have been a good thing. Yes. Um, and he says, "Well, recommend it to me. Tell me someone that you know." And 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 that's the interesting thing on Facebook is it become a very much a referral based scenario where people will, you know, refer other people and then they're saying, "Oh, they're really good." Um, and and I'll bet you those people are pretty free with their information. Mm, that's right. Um, to get to that point because they would have spread the word. So, okay, cool. Um, we're coming up to about 35 minutes, so it's probably a good time to wrap it up. So what um, what's the biggest piece of advice you give someone that's starting their marketing? Um, often a lot of sales we say, if the marketing's not working, it's probably time to hit the reset button and review the whole thing. Mm. Um, but what sort of advice would you give to someone who's struggling and, and not really getting anywhere with what, you know, they're maybe they're spending good money and they're not getting anything? What would you think the first thing they should probably do? The first thing they should do is... Um see what has led to their best customers so you know if they look at the last six customers that they got that they really you know that were great customers look at how they got those customers and you know maybe they got let's say they got six customers three were from referrals two were from you know facebook posts or from social media one was from an article that was written uh, and posted on a third-party website so then you know you look at those and then see you know or maybe one was from media so go back to those and see how you could you know do more of that so if it was referrals a lot of people are really good at thanking someone for a referral in the first instance but they don't always close Mm. the loop and say well you know that was you know what we did for the person you referred was a b and c so actually closing the loop and going back to them and and letting them know what the outcome was and you know maybe even taking them out for lunch depending on you know the size of the the business that it generated and and how um active you think that they're going to be as a future referrer but but sort of fostering uh, more referrals by by creating a closer relationship if it was an article what other articles could you write for that third-party site um, if it was media how can you generate more media you know can you feed back to the journalist can you uh, see it if you see an article that's been written can you add a different angle to it so I think you know often looking at, at what's working is great if not a lot of uh, things are working then I think one of the things is to be testing a lot of different things but make sure you've got great reporting in place so that you can uh, sort of do something for a a couple of weeks and analyse the results and see what's working and what's not. I was chatting with a a company yesterday and they get great search results, uh, sorry, great 
Sorry, messed that up. They get great right. results from search engine traffic when they come to their website. They've got like a 20% conversion rate, which is fantastic. They then went and paid for advertising and didn't see the returns. In fact, they, it cost them a lot of money. But mm. they, they got quite a good click-through rate. So, you know, then that would indicate that the problem is on the website. They're either not sending them to a dedicated a landing mm. page. Um, they're not. They're sort of trying to sell them a product before they actually really feel comfortable with who they are because they're not actively looking. So, you know, it, if you can have good reporting in place, you can then at least um, try and identify where the problem areas are. If you haven't done enough yeah. experimenting, then that can be a problem as well. For sure. But I think one important thing, and I also read that the other day, was is, is that when something works in marketing, do it again. Mm. And, and I find a lot of times that works and then they move on to something else. <laughs> and the reality is that, you know, you think to yourself, well, hang on, mate, just go revisit what actually worked for you yes. and what and do more of it. I mean, that probably could be the starting point for anybody to improve their marketing is go and find, as you say, go and find out what was working and then and then do it. And if it's a referral program, we'll build a proper referral program for that and then move on to the next thing that worked. Then suddenly you are building up those pillars of different types of marketing sources and it's... I guess trying to automate it as much as possible in terms of tracking and reporting and then you then it's a lot easier down the track to do more of it. Yeah, that's right. The mm. other thing I think that often people when they're starting out perhaps don't do enough of or, or not just starting out but struggling with their marketing is look at partnerships. So how can you help businesses that perhaps produce, you know, aligned products, not necessarily directly competing with you, but something that's related, something that a business a person may use before or after your product uh, how can how could you team up with them to, to create a win-win-win so a win for the for you a win for the partner and a better you know result for the customer because uh, that's that can be a, a relatively easy thing to get going uh, but it can have quite dramatic uh, impact on your yeah, absolutely. Finding someone else that can help you generate business and everybody wins is, is the mm. quickest and ch- cheapest way to get business at the end of the day, isn't it? Because mm, ne- neither party is necessarily paying much money in marketing, but they're, they're, generate, they're leveraging their own databases or their own network. So it makes a lot of sense. Well, there's a lot of great tips there. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> if you can do it, I reckon if you could implement one thing that you said in this entire conversation, it would probably be worth, you know, worth the half hour or whatever listening to it in terms of of a return on investment, I think. Great, good to hear. Great. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for um, talking with me today. Um, just give me a, an idea. So you, your website's um, hrbren.com. Yes, Harbin. So they can go there and get your book, and we'll put the links up on the um, on the text on the podcast anyway, so people don't have to remember to write that down. Um, and if you like the podcast, um, you know, grateful if you do a, a, an iTunes review on us. You actually have to log an iTunes to do that. Crazily enough, you can't do it off your phone. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, any iTunes reviews we'd gratefully receive. So thanks, still for coming along, and I'll hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part.